Hello and welcome to Mimi UU. I'm Mimi Nicklin, the host of the show. This podcast is anonymous and it's audio only without names to protect from unconscious bias or judgment and to allow true empathy to grow. The goal of the show is to share diverse stories from around the world by giving people a platform to share openly so that other people like you can understand diverse realities from around the globe. We exist to create empathy and not just talk about it. Welcome to Me, Me, You, You. Welcome back to Me, Me, You, You. I'm not sure if it's because I myself am a working mother, just because I'm a woman, but the media more and more is asking me to share my experience as a working mum, as a single mum, the role of motherhood and entrepreneurship and setting up your own business and running your own track in life. So it gives me great pleasure to welcome our guest today who is going to share her story in a similar space to this. We're going to be looking at themes around motherhood, around work, and around what it means to actually have a baby and potentially change your outlook and change your life around that new addition to your family. But before we kick off, I always ask our guests one opening question, and that is to confirm that this is an anonymous show and that we won't reveal your identity unless you choose to do so. Is that okay with you today? Yes, I'm fine with revealing my identity. Wonderful. Well, we will come back to that at the end. We always keep our, our identities hidden for the majority of the show. And just for anyone listening who hasn't heard me talk about that before, the reason for that is to protect from unconscious bias. Of course, names, locations, surnames, they all mean different things to different people across the world. But we will definitely come back to identify our guest today. But let's kick off with your story. Why don't we start with you just telling us why you wanted to join the show and why you wanted to share your story with the world? So the reason I wanted to share my story, and thank you first for having me here, Mimi, I think I think that when I first became a mom, I found out that there are a lot of things that no one ever tells you. And the the process of like becoming a mom is made so glamorous by so many people that it it almost becomes an internal expectation that you have that everything has to be in the way you've been told it's supposed to be. And then when reality hits and it's not at all what you were told it was, it becomes some somewhat of a burden on you. I mean, I love my daughter. I am currently pregnant with our second child. I want to have many children, but I don't enjoy the process of pregnancy and just, you know, the first few months of being a mom with all the sleep deprivation with all the uh, you know the baby's crying and needs your attention and you can't do anything else and uh it's i think i think i felt very lonely because at that time about like about five years ago 
it was very difficult to find a lot of people sharing their real stories online. And everyone around me told me that, you know, good things come out of the bad things or nothing comes easily or, you know, all that kind of like, you know, the, 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 the whole idea that diamonds are forged under pressure and all that stuff. Yes, that is true. Sometimes good things don't happen easily. Sometimes diamonds are for forged under pressure, but then sometimes steel is crushed under pressure. <laughs> so the truth, the truth comes out. <laughs> yes, it, it can be either or, you know. And and the most important, the most important thing I think to to have is to know that there are so many different types of being pregnant and being a mom you don't have to be that glowing person you know i i I always found this this stupidest thing that people can say to pregnant moms like you're glowing no i'm not glowing i have pimples (laughs) my cheeks not only the sides of my face i feel like i'm not good because of this time I even jokingly tell people younger than me who are still not married or still, you know, don't have any kids, not pregnant yet. I just jokingly tell them, you know, don't do this. You just have no idea. And society doesn't really tell you because society only looks at the the the, the good things that come out of it. You know, the having the baby, having a child that in the future can support you when, beca- when you become old. And society is so fixated on that idea that, you know, when you're 90 years old, you'll have a kid to drag you around in your wheelchair. And I, I know that kids are a blessing. I, 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 I think there are lots of miracle babies out there, but still, not everyone enjoys the process. I'm sorry, but I think there are a lot of women out there who don't enjoy it and they feel like they're pressured to not say that because otherwise they're going to you know be told that you're not grateful or you know you're you're being grateful to god all that kind of stuff you know there are people who don't have kids and there are people who have been trying for 10 years and 20 years and you 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 just got it easy okay i might have gotten pregnant easily my 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 first daughter was a surprise but I threw up for nine months, day and night. I was able to keep only having my food down. I have a sister-in-law who, with her second baby, she couldn't keep any food down. She literally had to go twice, twice or thrice a week to the hospital to get, you know, the, 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 they have some kind of serum they give her. So she has basically the energy that she would usually get from food for four months until the doctors decided this was too much and they prescribed her medication for all of the throwing and I was pregnant the first time in Algeria where basically medication for 
throwing up is not a thing. There is only one compound, I believe, and doctors do not give it out easily. So yes, for nine months, I wasn't even told there is an option because it wasn't that bad that I would go to the hospital every few days. So this time I am pregnant in Dubai. I always said we don't want to mention locations until the end, but I, I feel this is important to the story at this point. And, you know, the minute I told my doctor that I have issues with throwing up, she immediately prescribed something for me. And at least I now only throw up once in the morning. If not, you know, like maybe, maybe sometimes I will throw up in the evening also, but it's a lot less than it used to be. I mean, I... <laughs> And I, I, I either had to eat every three to four hours something solid to keep my sarcoform curing up, but I would still sometimes fail despite eating. And then sometimes, you know, now at least it's a lot less than it used to be. And I can actually focus on work and I can do stuff, which is just important also because if I don't, if I don't work, then I lose myself. I, I'll start thinking, who am I? Am I just a mom and a wife and someone who just don't do anything? I know that housewives do a lot of stuff, but for me, I have to have something that keeps me busy. I have to have something that I feel like I'm working towards a goal. And I've been asked this a few times by some family members. One I was asked, so if you had a million dollars in your bank, would you still work? I said, I probably would take some time off, pursue a few hobbies, but I think I will definitely always come back to work. I, I feel lost if I don't do something with my life. I want to ask you, you know, you mentioned at the very beginning that you feel there's a lot of things about pregnancy and, and becoming a mom, those first few months of crying and sleeplessness that nobody tells you. Yeah. Why do you think, why do you think this isn't more widely shared given we are in a world full of media, full of social media and content? Why are more women not sharing these realities in order to help each other? What's your thinking then? I really think honestly, it's from the pressure from society that people will start bullying them into saying things like, you know, you're ungrateful. And I think it's even worse if you have people around you who actually had trouble conceiving and it gets to a point where, you know, you kind of see, so my husband's friend is going through a very difficult time with conceiving and they had to travel for that because IVF back home isn't as good as it is in other places and I I saw how much his wife was going through a lot of pain because and that was just at the first step where they were extracting you know the eggs from her ovaries and I just I, I I felt so bad because I don't feel like 
I'm that happy with being pregnant, but I know that with her, if she gets pregnant, but even if she ends up in the hospital for nine months, she is still going to be very happy because she's been going through this whole process for about nine years now. So I think it's relative, but people like to focus on those kinds of stories a lot more then they do focus on what it could actually mean for a lot of women. I mean, infertility is a problem. I struggled with getting pregnant the second time around, but thankfully it wasn't as bad as a lot of people have it. Unfortunately, I think society likes to look up those stories and emphasize on them. And anyone who tries to say something different even within your own so- social circles, it's very difficult to be accepted. I, I've, a lot of people who know me know that I want to have a lot of kids. And when they, when I ever, if I complain about my pregnancies or about how the first few months of being a mom is very difficult, they tell me, so then why do you want to have more kids? I don't think it's an either or question. I think. I think there is a balance that should be there where everyone should be allowed to share their stories without bias. I have an aunt who, when I told her that I actually threw up for nine months, day and night with my first pregnancy, she felt sorry for me. She told me the worst she had was just, you know, the first three months, which probably what most people have. Uh, I don't have statistics on this, but this is the impression that society gives us, you know, that most people just have it for three months, the morning sickness, and that it's over. But then when you go into support groups and when you go into reading about the more rare complications that happen in pregnancy, you realize that it's not actually that much. You know, I don't have any statistics again on this, but I feel like we need a more honest survey on how many women actually have issues with this. Because, again, I feel like after a few years of, you know, when your kid starts growing up, you kind of a little bit forget about things. But then when you get pregnant again, you start remembering everything. I think as humans, something that is very fundamental to us is that we forget a lot of the pain that we go through. And I think if we don't forget that, then we will be, it will be very difficult for us to go on with our lives. So we tend to diminish those things a few years in the, down the line. And I think there's maybe not enough women who are going through that who are able to share it at the same time because, you know, they're just under overwhelm of that period whether it's the pregnancy or the sleeplessness the pregnancy issues or the sleeplessness of the first few months yeah and go on go on carry again at the same time what i usually notice is that yes the first few months are very difficult in terms of sleeplessness but once everyone starts getting to the, into rhythm, you know, and even as moms, you try to like, you start napping when the baby is napping and all of that. And you kind of get a little bit of 
a routine in place i feel like that is still it's then the easier part of raising a child because they don't have a lot of demands that you don't have to do a lot you have to take care of them you have to feed them you have to play with them but again it's all very simple they don't talk back to you that's a very important thing that's new time so i think there is a balance with everything we can be grateful for all stages of the process but still not be happy with everything that's going on mm. so you know i'm very interested in in your experience of that societal pressure like you said not enough people really telling the truth and actually i posted recently on my social media and one of the things i mentioned there is that motherhood can be really boring right and it was amazing how many women wrote to me and said thank you for saying that mimi because i feel like i can't say that out loud because people will judge you for saying what do you mean being a mom is boring but you know sometimes you're with a baby so i don't know nine or ten hours on your own when your partner's at work or other people aren't around and, and it can be quite boring, right? But it's it's like you said, there is a stigma for us not to to say those things out loud in the world. But beyond the pregnancy, and, and it sounds like it really was a very difficult time, that first pregnancy for you, going into those first few months, beyond the sleep, tell us what happened next. Because I know you had a, a hard time adapting to motherhood once your baby was born. Is that right? Yes. So I had just moved after 23 years of being in a different country. And I, so I, it was a number of factors. I think I was a little bit lonely. I felt like I didn't fit in and then I became a mom and then I, I, I wanted to be a mom who works. And I felt like that was something that wasn't very encouraged. People kept telling me things like, but your husband can take care of things. So why do you want to work? Because the the prevailing uh, notion in that society that I was in is that, is that, you know, if a woman works, it's because she really needs the money. There is, there are very few women who work do it because they need something to fill their time or they have a passion mix of both and then i was very poor from the, the 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 side of my family that i grew up with and i wasn't accepted well by the other side of the family i ended up going through depression i wasn't i, I felt like i wasn't allowed to say a lot of things that are actually felt about motherhood and my pregnancy and all of that and everyone kept wanting to impose their advice on me i don't like unsolicited unsolicited advice and unfortunately a lot of advice that's that was given to me it still is but i am quite far from it at this moment a lot of it is outdated old wife styles like just a few months ago, we went on a road trip when I was, I just had gotten to know I was pregnant. And I had someone with me from our family from over there. And 
you know, they kept telling me that I shouldn't drive. I mean, we were on a road trip. I was supposed to drive off the way with my husband. And there was this pressure of, no, you shouldn't drive your pregnant. And I, it's, it's so silly. My doctor told me that you can drive. The one thing I really liked about my doctor was that when, when I went to confirm the pregnancy, she sat down with me at my husband and she told me all of the things that are old wives' tales that I shouldn't listen to. Like she told me you can drive, you can go to the gym, all of these things. She said, you actually should go to the gym, which was a bit of a shocker for some people in my family. They were like, well, you're fucking something will happen to the baby. So I think the constant not, not having anyone else around who could kind of alleviate the pressure of these types of opinions being like the old lady person who asked my husband no that's not right there was there was a lot of that and then I also felt like there was this constant pressure that I have to be present I like to I like to get lost in my thoughts I like to binge watch stuff on Netflix I like not to be bothered for some time. Unfortunately, with a baby, you cannot have any of that. You don't have me time. You don't have downtime. You don't have anything. We, I had my aunt, the one I told you, who was very nice about growing up over four months. So that helped in the beginning. But then after she left, I felt like things took a bit of a different turn. I don't I really ended up spiraling into depression, but it was it was kind of gradual and I didn't realize the severity of it until it was probably too late to easily get out of it. So it went on for a very long time and I jumped from psychiatrist to another for a very long time as well. I ended up being hospitalized when my daughter was almost three. I was hospitalized for three weeks. They said the mandatory stay is two weeks, but then they decided that I should stay for three weeks. I think I had a lot of really difficult and dark thoughts before. I was hospitalized and I felt like once I had the time to think through things, because it was, uh, there was no change in medication. The only change was the change in environment. And then there was a routine we all had to stick to. And I had a lot of time to myself to think and read and basically do nothing. And then no one was judging me for doing nothing because yes women are not expected to work but then they're expected to do everything you're supposed to clean and you're supposed to cook all kinds of food and you're supposed to do that and this and your house should be spotless no matter when someone barges in you have to be a great hostess you have to make all these little elaborate cookies and cakes and stuff. I, I just, I'm going to that. I like baking. I like cooking, but I like doing it when I want to and not on a schedule. And so 
I think I came out of the hospital with the clarity that I'd never want to go back again. And the and enough clarity to realize that those that the dark thoughts I had were not actually what I wanted to do. And and I, I want to just ask you there about about your family during that time because you have explained to us that there is a lot of pressure in your in your family, in your culture to, you know, have a spotless home, to be the perfect mum and housewife. Now suffering with depression and, and being hospitalized, I'm going to use an assumption here, but I would assume that is probably not something that all of those family members and extended families are, are completely comfortable with, but that is an assumption. So, so do correct me if I'm wrong, but I want to understand amongst all of those, you know, pressures from your family to behave in a certain way, how did they respond to recognizing your depression? And of course the, the treatment that you went through. So actually my husband always told me that you don't need to go to the hospital. You're not that sick. Uh, he would take me to all appointments. He would sit with me at this house with my psychiatrist, everything, no issues. But he always felt like it was a bit of an exaggeration to go being hospitalized. It was after my mother and my father-in-law sleep after I sit on it. Um, the reason is because they already have had a few mental health issues in the family and they have seen where it can go. So they are more aware of than the rest of the society. But when my dad's family found out, they kind of were shocked that I actually wasn't struggling that much. So I feel like, I mean... Even my husband wasn't very happy about it, but then he, he, he came to see me every day and he would even kind of like try to extend the time that he could spend with me and always stop the doctor five more minutes, 10 more minutes. But I think that so most of the extended, really extended family doesn't really know. It's just my immediate in-laws and my dad's family that find out and I think that they accepted it that it was something especially after when I came when I came back home and things started improving I think they accepted that it was something that I had to do no matter how much they agreed or disagreed with it and the fact that even the doctors actually accepted me to go into the hospital this week's COVID time, it was very difficult. You had to prove you didn't have COVID in the last three months and stuff like that. So I think at that point, they realized that, okay, this is serious. And since the doctors are accepting that she should be hospitalized, that means it's gotten to a point where, you know, we shouldn't say no. And once you did come home, you began your, your healing journey, of course, has been couple of years since then and now you're pregnant again how do you feel now so when I left the hospital I came home I think I spent three months doing nothing just the bare minimum didn't go back to work immediately I I read a lot of books mostly flashy mysteries 
nothing, nothing serious. I would just, you know, sleep, wake up, get my daughter ready for nursery, eat something, and then sit in bed and read. And then I think it was around, so I, I, I came out of the hospital to be in March. I think it was around July that I started thinking, okay, this is enough. I've had enough downtime. I need to look at what's the next step in life. And so the discussions began. I was thinking about pursuing a bachelor's degree. And then I realized that it wasn't financially feasible. So I went back to my business. And I decided that I was going to give it one shot. One last shot. And if it worked, then that was the path that I was going to go down. If it didn't work, I actually gave myself, I think, six months. I decided that in six months, if I wasn't generating enough revenue, that I would just quit and find another business idea. So I didn't actually go back to work immediately, but by September, I was back in touch with most of my old clients and the work started trickling in. In this, the, all of this, I was working remotely from Algeria. I didn't even have my own business license. I was using a relative's uh, business license here in Dubai at the time because most of my clients are based in the UAE or the Middle East in general. And then slowly, slowly, things started building up. And finally, a year ago, well, a year and a bit to go, I came, set up my business license, and about exactly a year ago, we moved here. I think the only thing that I, I am really trying to look at and compare right now is that I feel like I'm still in a similar situation where I am um, kind of alone. I don't have any family here in now Dubai. We have uh, just an aging aunt of my mom's who lives with her daughter, but she lives in Georgia and that's quite far for me. My family isn't too far. They're all three hours plane right away. These are free for most of them. So when it comes to getting them over, getting maybe my aunt over when I'm around the time of my delivery, it's not going to be a big, much of a big deal. But still, I'm thinking, but then what happens after? Because I, I still haven't had the time to build, you know, relationships and friendships here and a lot of the time I feel like I don't have a proper support system so I'm a bit worried but I have another four months to go so I'm not I'm hoping that I can sort something out in between well congratulations first of all for getting that business up and running and that a license is in place. I spend a lot of time in Dubai and these are not easy mountains to climb, right? So I think 
having heard your journey, I really feel the need to say congratulations because I think that's a, a hugely, you know, sort of uh, bold move that you've, that you've made and you've achieved and that the business is a year old. And I want to ask you a, a personal question and, and tell me if you don't want to answer it, but are you concerned that with your second baby, you may suffer with the postnatal depression again, or do you feel quite comfortable that you are, are ready for that experience in perhaps a different way this time? That's a very good question. That's a very good question because it's something that has been on my mind. I don't know how prepared I am yet. I did set up the business and things were going well. I had a part-time job as well that was supporting me in the beginning when I was here. The part-time job fell through and unfortunately during the time that I had the part-time job I was very complacent with my business and so now I've woken up to the reality of a very big financial struggle at the moment. It's my birthday today and something is like it's it's a big pressure. I turned 30 actually today. Happy birthday. My gosh, you're talking to all of us on your big day. Congratulations. Happy birthday. Thank you. I wanted to actually celebrate this one like I, I don't want to focus on any of the negative things because I've spent the last three years, I think, on my birthdays thinking of the looming three all coming up. And I've always thought, okay, what have I not done yet that I need to finish before I'm 30? And here I am at 30. I have a business license. I have uh, an office, but then I'm also looking at my bank accounts and they're telling me a different story. Uh, I think this is the only thing that I can see right now that could be a bit of a struggle that I might have because look in terms of cultural issues and all this stuff it's the, the pressure you have in your country in your home country in you know the cultures you grew up in kind of fades away when you're in Dubai because the it's very multicultural. No one really bothers much about your cultural practices and what you do. Everyone is more of a practical standpoint in life. I mean, come on, the doctors told me you can go to the gym and all of that stuff. Whereas back in my home country when I was when I asked things similar things were, I asked the doctor similar things. They would always, you know, they would always kind of, yeah, they would say, yeah, scientifically it's okay, but then, you know, you should take rest and all that kind of stuff. And so I feel like it's more practical here. You know, if you have any kind of issue, if you have a dispute over how to take care of a baby, you can just pediatrician and they'll sort it out for you he's not going to impose his cultural wing on you or the old wise tales his mom or her mom told him or her but then you know the pressure being alone with no family around i'm not sure if i will have a proper support system in place and the financial struggle is a little bit of a 
I feel like those could contribute to anything that will happen after I give birth. But I think in terms of expecting what to expect from the first few months and all that, I think I have it down. I think it's not going to shock me that, you know, it's difficult and that I'm going to have a lot of sleepless nights. I even was thinking this morning, because I'm the one who usually does the morning school run, and I was thinking we probably should sign up for the bus by the time by the time I give birth, because I don't think I'll be able to do this in the morning. So I think I'm a little bit more prepared, but then again, there are a few different factors at the moment that play. So I can't predict anything. Well, I think by hearing from you that you are five years ahead and you're in your 30s, which, by the way, is just the absolute best decade. And you sound to me like you have gained a huge amount of independence and life experience and confidence and just insight about you and your life and what you need in those years. And I wish you so much. Don't and success with what's coming in four months. I am so grateful you came to share today. I learned a huge amount and I hope the listeners did too, particularly when it comes to different cultural discussions that are surrounding, you know, pregnancy and, and having children and parenting and the different pressures are on, on women and how those are different around the world. And this show was created for exactly that because there are very few shows I think out there that hear from women like you with stories as honest honestly told and open as you just did so I'm extremely grateful for your time my last question is always and we touched on this at the beginning whether you would like to remain anonymous or not and if you don't as you mentioned earlier on please do tell us your name and your location so yeah, my name is Bushra. I am currently living in Dubai, but I grew up, I was born and raised in Saudi. I come from a very multicultural family, but then again, looking at things, I can see that even correlations between old wives' tales from across the globe. So my, my mom is from Sri Lanka and my dad was from Algeria. I refer occasionally in this podcast to Algeria as my home country that's just because I don't really have a home country but I tend to go with it because everyone here in Dubai just refers to your country of citizenship as your home country so yeah that's me in a nutshell and thank you so much Mimi for having me here on the podcast and I hope my story helps someone who is going through the same struggle that I went through or someone who is, you know, looking for a different version of what can happen to you when you're pregnant and in the first few months of having a baby, but still want the validation for, you know, the, the bad things that happen, but also the validation that you, you can you can complain but still be grateful about it well i think that's a beautiful summation thank you for sharing who you are and what a phenomenal background you have uh, across the region it's been an absolute pleasure and for everyone listening in i like our guest bushra 
hope that today's story allowed you to increase your empathy for how different women experience pregnancy, childhood, becoming a mum, but also that it opens your eyes to how things might relate to you in different ways. Please do follow us across our platforms. We have a new show telling a new story every single week. And I'm incredibly grateful that you were here with us today. Thank you for joining us today on Mimi UU. This episode is one in a series that has been designed to create empathy in our world. If you would like to join us on the show, please click on www.joinmimiuu.com or follow us across social media at Mimi UU Show. I believe that the more the world talks about empathy, the more empathy the world will have. And I hope that this show is the beginning of doing just that.